Welcome back to The Brandon White Show, where we have conversations worth listening to give you an edge to win in your business and your life. I'm your host, Brandon White. Here we go. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Build a Business Success Secrets. I am your host, Brandon C. White, and today we are on part 11 of our series on how to write a business plan in 13 slides. As a very quick review, in part one, we went over the overview of each of the 13 slides. Part two, we went over your elevator pitch and how to build it. Part three, we did your elevator pitch and talked about the three mistakes to avoid when building it. In part four, we went over your problem slide. In part five, we went over your solution slide. Part six, we talked about your product and how it is the answer to the solution. In part seven, we went over the market opportunity. In part eight, we talked about your business model. In part nine, we talked about your traction and your goals. In part 10, We talked about your competition and what questions to answer and track about them. And in part 11 today, we are talking about your moat. Let's not waste another second and get to it. All right, today we are talking about your moat or your barriers to entry. So what barriers to entry or moat do you have? Let me ask you some questions to start thinking about what they are. Do you have intellectual property? Do you have capital to protect your intellectual property even more important? Does your industry require certification? That's a barrier to entry. If so, how long do they take? Do you have them? How long is it going to take you to get them? An example of that is the government. If you work in the government and you work in a place that requires certifications, you can see your competition coming, which allows you to react. So that's a barrier to entry. Can you get certifications that separate you from the rest of the people that you are competing with your with your product or service? Do you have key distribution partners which allow you to distribute your product ahead of your competition? Do you have placement in those? If you're in retail, do you have end cap placement? Do you have line of sight placement? Do you have multiple areas within a retail partner to display and sell your product? If so, how long are your contracts? Can you extend those contracts to make them longer, keeping out your competition from those places? And which ones do you need to get? Or which ones do you want to get? What are your goals? Where do you want to be? Where are the top five places that you want to sell your product or service? SEO, search engine optimization. Do you place in the top three in multiple keywords? That is a huge competitive advantage. If your keyword phrase gets 10,000 searches a month and you're in the top three, you are going to get a significant amount of traffic each month that costs you zero. Now, it's not really zero because it takes you time and effort to get there. But once you get there, 
It's a lot easier to maintain your spot and you're going to get tons of free traffic. In the first online business that I built, I had about $500,000 worth of SEO traffic coming to me a month for free. That means to get the placements where I was, if you were to pay to be in those top three places, it would cost you on a pay-per-click basis about $500,000. So this is a huge barrier to entry. And if you don't have it, which ones do you want to get and carve out that moat from your competition? Because if they're on page two, page three, page four, oh boy, what a competitive advantage you have. Are you simply just doing it better? Meaning, do you have superior customer service? Are you servicing your customer better? Here, let me give you an example. I just had an experience with AudioMute, and they sell products that you put up in your studio or your home office, in my case, and it mutes the sound so that the sound for my podcast sounds better. And I had heard about them on another podcast, and I checked them out, and it looked like they had great products. And on a section of the site, it said that if you filled out a description of your area and sent a picture that a customer service person would call you back and give you personalized recommendations. Now, we all know we've seen these offers before, but do they really work? So I put it in, and it was on a Saturday, and come Monday morning, I get a call from Rick from AudioMute, and he gives me incredible recommendations customized to my room based on my picture, and I could tell he had spent some time understanding what the room was and going through their products and saying, hey, look, you have a mirror here. That is your sliding closet door. You want to cover that with this canvas that we have. And then on this wall where you have a whiteboard, you probably want to cover that. And you know what? I did not even price competition for their products. This guy, I couldn't believe it. Monday morning, I mean, how often does the promise happen that we see but people don't deliver on it. And I get a customized person. And look, I'm not ordering $20,000 worth of audio mute products. I'm ordering under a thousand, maybe I forget what my final bill was. I actually kept adding things because Rick was kind enough to get on the phone several times. And I think I wound up getting like $700 worth of stuff that I need that's going to make this sound even better. But my point is audio mute is delivering at such a high quality of customer service and their products do look decent, but he didn't have to sell me on their functions and features because I could read all of that. It mutes the decibels and this, that, and all, that, all this geek stuff. But he delivered so well on the experience that I just didn't even price it because it was, it was worth so much to me. What is that worth? So can you, to carve out a moat, like AudioMute did, can you do something similar? Can you deliver such a good quality experience for your customer in whatever regard that you pick that it just creates a moat that's just so hard for your competition to beat? There's a quote out there that says, customers who have an enjoyable experience 
will never ask how much did it cost, something to that extent. And that's the truth. So that is a, a way that you can carve out and moat without even having a ton of money. So let me give you a few other things to think about. Types of IP that you might have. Do you have a trademark? These would be marks, logos, slogans. You copyright some of your material. That would be if you have software, songs, or movies, or website contact. Trade secrets are even better than no one can reverse engineer them because they're just a trade secret. People like Gore-Tex do this. They don't patent Gore-Tex because then someone could reverse engineer it. Coca-Cola, their recipe isn't a registered trademark where they disclose it. No one's ever been able to get it right. Do you have contracts that just keep out the competition because you have some special deal, distribution, whatever that is, manufacturing? Do you have a patent? Now, I will say one thing on patents. Don't rest on the patent because patents are important and all of these types of IP are very good things to have. But you need to remember that you may have that patent but can you protect that patent? Because it could be millions of dollars. I know a person, a colleague that had an incredible patent. He went head to head with a big company. It lasted seven years, millions of dollars, ruined his life because he's just miserable. So yes, all that sort of thing is important, but don't rest on it. Carve out, carve out yourself a different moat. Now for your slide, you want to itemize all of these things and not only what you have today, but what you want to go get. And as importantly, dates by when you want to have this established. Some places to look, if you're talking about IP, you can go to the USPTO office. It's USPTO.gov. Our U.S. government spends a ton of taxpayer money building incredible resources. On the USPTO website, you can do your own searches. You can figure out how to do that. You can actually get some really good ideas. Sometimes I just go in there and search some topics and see what's out there that gives me ideas. I'm not copying those things because they're obviously they're patent copyright, but they'll, they'll spark your creative juices and you can get yourself a patent lawyer. Lawyers are always good once you get to a place where you want to get that final stage. So figure out what your current moat items are or barriers to entry and then which ones you're going to create in the future and Put dates, deadlines, or guess what? You will never get there. And at least even if you you might exceed that date in expectations or you might fall a little bit short, but without that, you have nothing to shoot for. So get to work, build your slide. You can be creative. Try not to put a ton of text. If you can put images, all the better and get your barrier to entry moat slide built. Well, that wasn't bad at all, right? Pretty cool. I get excited about that because when you can create barriers to entry that are really hard for your competitors to get in, it just gives you this superpower to keep you ahead of it. And the one that I really do love the most, as you could probably tell, is SEO because it's really worked well for me. So something that is feasible for you to do and doesn't take a lot of money to make happen in our next part of our series on how to write a business plan. We will be going over your financials and I get super excited because this is really where we start to understand our business. And as importantly, we get to see how much money we can make. And while we love to solve problems for our customers, we are in business 
to make money. Otherwise, we're either have a hobby or we're building a nonprofit. And that's not what we're doing here at Build a Business. We are in business to make money and in the financials are going to show us how much money we can make. So get ready for that after you have built your moat or barriers to entry slide. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, please hit subscribe so you do not miss any of our weekly episodes that come out. Rate us, leave us some stars, and let us know how we are doing. And we're getting some traction on this podcast, and I'm pretty excited about it. And it's because of people like you who are listening and telling other business owners how this can help them. So when you get a chance, would you please pass this on to a few of the friends that this might help out? Thank you for being so generous with a few minutes of your time to help our podcast out. Until the next episode where we tackle our financials, remember, you're just one business plan away. I am rooting for your success. We'll see you soon. Thank you.